Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Well, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Derm Vet Podcast. Today, I'm going to do a quick episode about dermatophytosis or ringworm. I've had a few cases come in the clinic doors lately, and I have been asked a lot through social media about dermatophytosis. So here's a quick down and dirty um, teaching about this frustrating and often overlooked disease process. So dermatophytosis ringworm, it's a superficial fungal infection. So it can really look like anything. Dermatophyte can be a mimicker. Don't think that it has to be a classic, like quote unquote, ringworm target circular lesion. In fact, most of the time it doesn't appear like that. I'd say in most cases we see erythematous skin, some scaling, but you can see anything from crusting, swollen areas, A dog can have a carry-on, which is like a focal nodule. Some cats are predisposed to kind of ulcerative lesions called mycetomas. There's uh, pseudomycetomas. There's a lot of different variations a pet can have when they have dermatophytosis. The other frustrating thing is sometimes pets are asymptomatic. So a pet can be carrying around dermatophyte spores and spreading it in the environment to other pets but show no signs at all. So when we do have a pet who comes in and we're suspicious or we culture dermatophyte, it's really important to actually culture the other pets in the household, especially cats, depending on what you grow, because they could be infecting that pet even though they're not showing any signs. So red scaly lesions, but again, it's never wrong to rule out dermatophytosis with a fungal culture because it really can look like anything. So with diagnostics, there's some new testing out there. In general, you can find dermatophyte in a few different ways. If you've watched me on social media, I posted some pictures of finding fungal spores or fungal hyphae on cytology. You absolutely can. It's amazing and fun when you do. I do encourage if you are looking for spores or hyphae under the microscope, really focus on the areas that are inflamed. So look on the lower powers for areas of neutrophils or macrophages and zoom in on those areas. But not finding spores or hyphae on cytology does not rule out dermatophytosis. In fact, I think in most of my cases, I don't find them. But when you do, it's it's really cool and awesome. I still follow up with those cases with a fungal culture because I want to confirm that the fungal hyphae or spores I see truly are dermatophyte and I want to speciate. So I want to actually do my DTM so I can speciate what type of dermatophyte it is. There's three main dermatophyte we deal with um, in dogs and cats. And knowing what type of species it is can really help us identify where it might have come from. So microsporum canis is the most common we see, especially in cats. And cats are where we usually see this organism come from. So if you have a dog infected with microsporum canis and there's cats in the household, I would absolutely do a fungal culture of those cats. 
Again, any creature in the environment really should have a culture. If they're not lesional, you can do something called a Mackenzie toothbrush technique, which I'm really partial to. My daughter's name is Mackenzie. I did not make that connection when I named her though. Um, the toothbrush technique, you basically take a clean toothbrush and you just brush a ton of hair and all the areas of the skin because they're not gonna have active lesions from, for you to choose from. And then you can take the head of the toothbrush, cut off the handle, and then you could submit that. I'll also just kind of, besides the toothbrush head, pluck a bunch of hairs, um, really just maximizing the chance that if they are positive, we will catch it. Um, so I definitely encourage you to do that. So microswarm canis from cats, microswarm gypsum is usually from soil, and then trichophyton metagrophytes, that is usually from rodents. So we see that in dogs, who like to go dig in rodent holes or stick their nose in rodent holes. Jack Russell Terriers are one of the classic breeds to get trichophyton because they're really nosy and they stick their hole, their their noses in rodent holes. So that's why I think speciating can be really beneficial. I'm not a fan of just seeing growth on a dermatophyte plate um, and, and saying it's positive and that's it. I think either you need to be trained to um, actually speciate based on that growth. So take it with lactophenol blue and look at it under the microscope and you're looking for those macroconidia. Or if that's not something you feel comfortable with, then you certainly can send in your cultures to a lab and they can watch it and speciate it. There is a PCR test available um, through IDEX and I think that can be really helpful um, just for a quick potential answer. I trust a positive, I don't always trust a negative. So I have had uh, cultures that come up positive and the PCR was negative. So I suggest doing the combination testing. The other thing you have to be careful about with PCR is it's great for a diagnosis if it's positive, but when we talk about treatment and when to stop treatment, you don't wanna base it on a PCR because a PCR can stay positive for a long, long time, even if the pet um, on culture would be negative and we could have stopped our treatment. So then it comes down to, oh, the other treatment you can do, and I've had this happen in some cases, is biopsy. Like sometimes you biopsy, you'll get negative cultures back, you can get deep infected hair follicles. And if I'm still suspicious of dermatophyte, when I go to biopsy, then I will request a PAS stain right off the bat to help highlight those fungal organisms. So I have had cases where we truly find them on biopsy and nowhere else. Um, they'll cytology negative for fungal spores, they will culture negative, and then for some reason we'll find them on histopaths. So um, it's okay if you biopsy and you end up finding dermatophyte spores, but usually you can catch them on the other diagnostic tests. And then as far as treatment goes, so treatment, um, you know, I tend to use either fluconazole, you can use itraconazole, those are five to 10 mg per keg daily. Terbenavine also can be really helpful, especially if you have um, claws that are affected or around the claw area. And then that's 20 to 30 mg per keg once a day. I do use some topicals, so I'll have them bathe, um, potentially use some mousses depending on what they can do. I find that those treatments can be really helpful. The big thing is don't stop treatment just because the pet looks good. You still wanna have two, if not three, in really difficult cases, negative cultures. Remember, cultures, not necessarily PCRs, a month apart before you consider stopping treatment. 
And then if you do have a pet who breaks out with a fungal infection and you're really struggling to get it under control and say they're an older pet, you might want to look for underlying immunosuppression. So maybe that that pet has an endocrinopathy or a form of neoplasia that makes it really difficult for them to fight off the dermatophyte infection. Some of these can be really difficult. You can also look at protocols for environmental decontamination, making sure we're using good hygiene practices as far as washing our hands, cleaning bedding, you know, bleaching things when we need to. And there's a lot of protocols you can find out there published. Um, research, Dr. Moriello's done a lot from Wisconsin to help with environmental decontamination. But I usually, with treatment, will use one of those treatments. Usually I use fluconazole or terpenophene um, once daily. You also can find pulse protocols where you can do like a week on, a week off. Um, it really comes down to how you're trained and what you feel comfortable with. I'm usually seeing pretty bad cases, so I will start them daily, and then maybe, you know, if we're struggling, we'll move to pulse if we're going to have to be on more long-term therapy. Um, but you can find different literature and different research to support a lot of medical protocols as far as how to treat those cases. But the most important thing is to make sure you're doing your due diligence with collecting your cultures plus or minus PCR on cases that you're even slightly suspicious of dermatophyte, making sure you do collect diagnostics on other pets in the household, um, especially doing the McKenzie toothbrush technique for a culture, even if they're asymptomatic, to rule them out as a carrier. And then make sure that you're treating appropriately and for a long amount of time. I always tell owners we're at a minimum going to be treating for a couple months, but it really depends on um, how fast we get those negative cultures. I hope that is helpful for you guys. I know I've got a lot of questions on Dermatophyte. There's a lot more information out there, but there's a little quick cliff note versions of how to diagnose, identify, and treat those cases.